Section 40, Volume 3 of The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, translated by Richard Burton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicholas James Bridgewater. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 3, Section 40. When it was the two hundred and thirty-fifth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when Queen Marjana bade her handmaids bring wine, and they set it before her, she fell to drinking with Asad. Now Allah, be he extolled and exalted, filled her heart with love for the prince, and she kept filling his cup, and handing it to him till his reason fled and presently he rose and left the hall to satisfy a call of nature as he passed out of the saloon he saw an open door through which he went and walked on till his walk brought him to a vast garden full of all manner of fruits and flowers and sitting down under a tree he did his occasion then he rose and went up to a jetting fountain in the garden and made the lesser ablution and washed his hands and face after which he would have risen to go away but the air smote him and he fell back with his clothes undone and slept and night overcame him thus so far concerning him but as concerns bahram the night being come he cried out to his crew, saying, Set sail, and let us away. And they answered, We hear and obey, but wait till we fill our water-skins, and then we will set sail. So they landed with their water-skins, and went round about the castle, and found nothing but garden walls. Whereupon they climbed over into the garden, and followed the track of feet, which led them to the fountain, and there they found As'ad lying on his back they knew him and were glad to find him and after filling their water-skins they bore him off and climbed the wall again with him and carried him back in haste to bahram to whom they said hear the good tidings of thy winning thy wish and gladden thy heart and beat thy drums and sound thy pipes for thy prisoner whom queen marjana took from thee by force we have found and brought back to thee. And they threw As'ad down before him. When Bahram saw him, his heart leapt for joy, and his breast swelled with gladness. Then he bestowed largesse on the sailors, and bade them set sail in haste. So they sailed forthright, intending to make the mountain of fire, and stayed not their course till the morning. This is how it fared with them. But as regards Queen Marjana, she abode a while after as'ad went down from her awaiting his return in vain for he came not thereupon she rose and sought him yet found no trace of him then she bade her women light flambeaux and look for him whilst she went forth in person and seeing the garden door open knew that he had gone thither so she went out into the garden and finding his sandals lying by the fountain searched the place in every part but came upon no sign of him and yet she gave not over the search till morning 
Then she inquired for the ship, and they told her, The vessel set sail in the first watch of the night, wherefore she knew that they had taken As'ad with them, and this was grievous to her, and she was sore and angered. She bade equip ten great ships forwith, and making ready for fight, embarked in one of the ten with her mamelukes, and slave women, and men-at-arms, all splendidly accoutred and weaponed for war. They spread the sails, and she said to the captains, If you overtake the Majin's ship, ye shall have of me dresses of honour and largesse of money. But if you fail so to do, I will slay you to the last man. Whereat fear and great hope animated the crews, and they sailed all that day and the night and the second day and the third day, till on the fourth they sighted the ship of Bahram the Magian, and before evening fell, the queen's squadron had surrounded it on all sides, just as Bahram had taken As'ad forth of the chest and was beating and torturing him, whilst the prince cried out for help and deliverance, but found neither helper nor deliverer. And the grievous bastinado sorely tormented him. Now while so occupied, Bahram chanced to look up, and seeing himself encompassed by the queen's ships, as the white of the eye encompasseth the black, he gave himself up for lost, and groaned, and said, Woe to thee, O As'ad, this is all out of thy head. Then taking him by the hand, he bade his men throw him overboard, and cried, By Allah, I will slay thee before I die myself. So they carried him along by the hands and feet, and cast him into the sea, and he sank. But Allah, be he extolled and exalted, willed that his life be saved, and that his doom be deferred. So he caused him to sink and rise again, and he struck out with his hands and feet, till the Almighty gave him relief, and sent him deliverance. And the waves bore him far from the Magian ship, and threw him ashore. He landed, scarce crediting his escape, and once more on land he doffed his clothes, and wrung them, and spread them out to dry, whilst he sat naked and weeping over his condition, and bewailing his calamities and mortal dangers, and captivity and strangerhood. And presently he repeated these two couplets, Allah, my patience fails, I have no ward, my breast is straightened and clean cut my cord to whom shall wretched slave of case complain save to his lord o thou of lords the lord then having ended his verse he rose and donned his clothes but he knew not whither to go or whence to come so he fed on the herbs of the earth and the fruits of the trees and he drank of the streams and fared on night and day till he came in sight of a city whereupon he rejoiced and hastened his pace. But when he reached it, and Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the two hundred and thirty-sixth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when he reached the city, the shades of evening closed around him, and the gates were shut. Now by the decrees of fate, and man's lot this was the very city wherein he had been a prisoner 
and to whose king his brother Amjad was minister. When As'ad saw the gate was locked, he turned back and made for the burial ground, where finding a tomb without a door, he entered therein and lay down and fell asleep, with his face covered by his long sleeve. Meanwhile, Queen Marjana, coming up with Bahram's ship, questioned him of As'ad. Now the Magian, when Queen Marjana overtook him with her ships, baffled her by his artifice and grammary, swearing to her that he was not with him and that he knew nothing of him. She searched the ship, but found no trace of her friend. So she took Bahram, and carrying him back to her castle, would have him put to death. But he ransomed himself from her with all his good and his ship and she released him and his men. They went forth from her hardly believing in their deliverance, and fared on ten days' journey, till they came to their own city, and found the gate shut, it being eventide. So they made for the burial ground, thinking to lie the night there, and going round about the tombs, as fate and fortune would have it, saw the building wherein As'ad lay wide open, whereat Bahram marvelled and said, I must look into this sepulchre. Then he entered and found As'ad lying in a corner fast asleep, with his head covered by his sleeve. So he raised his head, and looking in his face, knew him for the man on whose account he had lost his good and his ship, and cried, What, art thou yet alive? Then he bound him, and gagged him without further parley, and carried him to his house, where he clapped heavy shackles on his feet and lowered him into the underground dungeon aforesaid prepared for the tormenting of Muslims, and he bade his daughter by name Bustan torture him night and day till the next year, when they would again visit the mountain of fire and there offer him up as a sacrifice. Then he beat him grievously, and locking the dungeon door upon him, gave the keys to his daughter. By and by, Bustan opened the door and went down to beat him, but finding him a comely youth and a sweet face with arched brows and eyes black with nature's col, she fell in love with him and asked him, What is thy name? My name is As'ad, answered he, whereat she cried, Mayest thou indeed be happy as thy name? and happy be thy days. Thou deservest not torture and blows, and I see thou hast been injuriously entreated. And she comforted him with kind words, and loosed his bonds. Then she questioned him of the religion of Al-Islam, and he told her that it was the true and right faith, and that our Lord Muhammad had approved himself by surpassing miracles and signs manifest and that fire-worship is harmful and not profitable. And he went on to expound to her the tenets of al-Islam, till she was persuaded, and the love of the true faith entered her heart. Then, as almighty Allah had mixed up with her being a fond affection for As'ad, she pronounced the two testimonies of the faith, and became of the people of felicity. After this she bought him meat and drink, and talked with him, and they prayed together. Moreover, she made him chicken stews, 
and fed him therewith till he regained strength and his sickness left him and he was restored to his former health such things befell him with the daughter of bahram the magian and so it happened that one day she left him and stood at the house door when behold she heard the crier crying aloud and saying whoso hath with him a handsome young man whose favour is thus and thus and bringeth him forth shall have all he seeketh of money but if any have him and deny it he shall be hanged over his own door and his property shall be plundered and his blood go for naught now as'ad had acquainted bostan bint bahram with his whole history so when she heard the crier she knew it was he who was sought for and going down to him told him the news then he fared forth and made for the mansion of the wazir whom when as'ad saw exclaimed by allah this minister is my brother amjad then he went up and the damsel walking behind him to the palace where he again saw his brother and threw himself upon him whereupon amjad also knew him and fell upon his neck and they embraced each other whilst the wazir's mamelukes dismounted and stood round them they lay a while insensible and when they came to themselves amjad took his brother and carried him to the sultan to whom he related the whole story and the sultan charged him to plunder bahram's house and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased saying her permitted say when it was the two hundred and thirty-seventh night she said it hath reached me o auspicious king that the sultan ordered amjad to plunder bahram's house and to hang its owner so amjad dispatched thither for that purpose a company of men who sacked the house and took bahram and brought his daughter to the wazir by whom she was received with all honour for as'ad had told his brother the torments he had suffered and the kindness she had done him thereupon amjad related in his turn to as'ad all that had passed between himself and the damsel and how he had escaped hanging and had become wazir and they made moan each to other of the anguish they had suffered for separation then the sultan summoned bahram and bade strike off his head but he said o most mighty king art thou indeed resolved to put me to death replied the king yes except thou save thyself by becoming a moslem quoth bahram o king bear with me a little while then he bowed his head groundwards and presently raising it again made profession of the faith and islamized at the hands of the sultan they all rejoiced at his conversion and amjad and as'ad told him all that had befallen them whereat he wondered and said o my lords make ready for the journey and i will depart with you and carry you back to your father's court in a ship at this they rejoiced and wept with sore weeping but he said o my lords weep not for your departure for it shall reunite you with those you love even as were ni'mah and naomi and what befell ni'mah and naomi asked they they tell replied bahram but allah alone is all-knowing the following tale end of volume three
End of section 40 of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, volume 3. Recording by Nicholas James Bridgewater. Recorded in London, England.